Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. Stand up on your feet, everybody, and give the Lord the ovation of the morning. If you believe this is a move, come on, that's what Calvary is. It's a church where God moves. That's why you got everybody, every color, every background, every demographic in the room. Because when God is moving, everybody's coming. Can I get a witness? Praise the Lord. Stand for the reading of God's word, precious. That is my custom. Let's give our team a God bless you. They outdid themselves today. I'm so proud of my sons and daughters in the Lord. How many of you believe that you've got a purpose? Okay, I better ask you again. Come on, this is going live right now. You need to let somebody know you believe it. I said, how many of you believe you have a purpose? You are not some cosmic coincidence. You're not here by accident. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have a purpose. I, but I want you to understand that when you got saved, not only did you get peace, you got war. So sometimes to fulfill your purpose, you got to ball up your fist and say, devil, I'm going to fight for it and I'm going to see it coming to pass. I'm going to warn you now. I'm telling you right up front, I feel like preaching. We're coming from Deuteronomy chapter 7. Let me just say how much I love you, how precious you are to me, how I believe in God's plan for your life. That's what we're about to talk about today. Deuteronomy 7 verse 1, when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess. I feel like there's some people getting ready to possess the land. Hallelujah. And has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the bad Balsites and the crazy husbandites and the demon-possessed mother-in-lawites and the and the crazy childrenites and and the bill collectorites. Come on, somebody. Seven nations greater and mightier than you. Did you hear that? greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers you, them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them, nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly, but thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars and break down their sacred pillars and cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a holy people, holy to the Lord your God. The Lord God has chosen you, chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number. You wasn't all that. You weren't more. You weren't more in number than any other people for you were the least of all people. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath that he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore know 
that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Note verse 7. The Lord didn't set his love on you nor choose you because you were in number more than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, he chose you. That's good news. I said that's good news. I want to preach for a few minutes along these lines, chosen to be a champion. If you've been chosen to be a champion, slip up your hands, even if you don't feel like it. Raise them up by faith. Father, thank you for anointing. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for your word. Release it all in this room today. Somebody give the Lord an ovation, a praise, a thank you. All right. Be seated. Chosen to be a champion. Just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm chosen to be a champion. Don't get mad at me. Don't trip out when I start winning. Don't get upset when I have victory. I'm just chosen to have victory. Now, I want you to understand something, and it's very imperative that you write this down if you're taking notes. Champions are chosen, but champions still have to fight. Just because you're a champion, that does not insulate you from battle. No matter who you are, if you're going to do anything significant and purposeful with your life, and we're talking about purpose, you're going to have to understand that from time to time, you're going to have to enter into seasons of warfare. There are times when you are going to have to fight. But understand me and hear me today, no matter who you are and what you must deal with or contend with, it's time to purpose this very moment that you're going to possess every promise that God has for you. Who can say by faith, I will not be denied? Come on. I will not be denied. Whatever God has for me, I will not be denied. Here in this text that I just read, it's one of my favorite in the Word. I love to teach from this particular passage of Scripture. We read about the children of Israel, and we had to comprehend as we were reading this that even though God had chosen them and loved them, they would still have to fight in order to fully fulfill their purpose. And I want to show you that there's, in all actuality, a story behind the story. And I want to plant this in your spirit today. I was in Oklahoma. I was preaching Thursday night. And on Thursday morning, I actually did a little session because there was about 600 pastors there. And I was teaching on sermon preparation. And I talked about the fact that if you'll take time and really look behind the text, you'll find out that very often there's more going on. So today I want to define these words and, and I want to show you each nation that Israel had to overcome. And I'm, you're going to find out some very interesting things. It's going to, you're going to see the spirit behind what each of these nations represented. Now, if you're ready, shout, bring it on. The first nation that Israel had to overcome in order to fulfill their purpose was a nation called the Canaanites. Now, if you define the word Canaanites from the original text, it means restlessness. And I want you to comprehend today that the first enemy the children of Israel had to deal with was this enemy called the Canaanites. It represents the spirit of restlessness. I'll be honest and transparent with you. I've never seen a day like we're living in today when people are more restless than they are right now. 
How many people lose out on their destiny and they never really experience the fullness of their breakthrough and walk in the totality of their purpose because they have a restless spirit. A restless spirit keeps them from truly knowing victory because they cannot stick with anything. Do you know any folk that are good at starting but not real good at completing? They start something but they don't finish it because the restlessness that they deal with keeps them from contending until they see total victory. Hear me, people who are restless, have a restless spirit, they are ruled by their emotions. And when you are ruled by your emotions, you will never accomplish anything very significant in life. In fact, if you look at the word emotions, within that word emotion is the word motion. Motion carries you up and carries you down. You're up one minute and you're down the next minute. There are people who are so ruled by their emotions that they cannot seem to fulfill anything purposeful in their life because they're up one day and they're down the next. Have you ever known folks who say God is saying one thing one moment and one thing the next moment? God told me this at 9 o'clock and he told me this at 12 o'clock. The only thing is what he said at 9 o'clock is completely different than what he said at 12 o'clock. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Have you ever heard people that say, you know, God released me from that. He released me from that job. I had started that job and God released me from it. Let me tell you something, baby. You started that job yesterday. You started it on Monday. He didn't release you on Tuesday. You overslept. Stop, stop blaming God. God released me from that ministry. God didn't release you from that ministry. You didn't want to live right. You didn't want to be a part of it. Don't blame. God released me from that marriage. This is your seventh marriage. God didn't release you from that marriage. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You got on Facebook and you met somebody and you wanted to try again. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. God released me from that responsibility. God's not going to give you a responsibility at nine o'clock and release you from it before five. I'm trying to tell you, don't miss your destiny because of a restless spirit. Sometimes you got to be tenacious. Let me hear from my tenacious people today. Well, if you define the word restless, restlessness means without rest, unsettled, uneasy. And when we are controlled by a restless spirit, we never persevere to our purpose. And this spirit is found everywhere. Do you know anybody that seems to be restless all the time? Wave at me if you know folk like that. You say, Pastor, they're sitting by me. Don't point. It's not polite. The truth is, while you're pointing at them, you got three people probably pointing at you. Hallelujah. A restlessness can cause some to long to be somewhere else. No matter where they are, they want to be somewhere else. No matter what they have, they wish they had something else. They have a grass is greener mentality. And I want to tell you something today. I'm 55 years old and I've been in this game of ministry, this work of ministry, this thing called life for a long time. And there's lots of people I love and admire. But the truth is I would not trade being me to get to be them. 
Oh, I'm going to mess y'all up. I said, I wouldn't trade being me to get to be them. I love Bishop Jakes. Come on, somebody. But I wouldn't give up being me to get to be Bishop Jakes. I remember when I used to watch these preachers when I was first getting going. Man, I had such an identity crisis. I didn't, one, one Sunday I would be Kenneth Copeland. The next Sunday I would be Bishop Jakes. And then I would be Rod Parsley. One Sunday I was like, get ready, get ready, get ready, get, 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 get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. The next Sunday I was, hello, friends. Welcome to Calvary. You know, I, I was Rod one day. I was Bishop the next. I was Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland. Reach out in faith and claim it right now. Finally, I had the epiphany that I have a degree in being me. That I have a PhD in me. That, a PhD in me. Come on. You will find better T.D. Jakes's. You will find better Rods. You will, you will find better Creflo Dollars. But I'm the best Jim Rayleigh that there is. And I've come to tell you, sometimes you got to get comfortable being who God has called you to be and say, Lord, let me be the most I can be for you. See, there's so much restlessness. I've never seen anything like it. Single people want to be married and, and married people want to be single and tall people want to be short and short people want to be tall and, and fat people want to be skinny and skinny people wish they had a little more junk in their trunk. Come on, you, you ain't saying nothing. If you got brown hair, you want blonde hair. If you got long hair, you want short hair. If you're married, you want to be single. Let me tell you something. Kick that joker to the curb some girl will pick him right up and take him. The truth is, y'all, so often we're drawn to what's hot and drawn to what's not. But the reality is, if you're going to experience the fullness of your purpose, you've got to be willing to stick with it. You've got to be willing to stay with it. You've got to be willing to work when you don't feel like it. You've got to be willing to show up when you don't feel like it. You know, I'm telling you, there are times that I don't even feel like hearing my own self preach but I get up and preach anyway hallelujah I, we must move beyond restlessness and determine in our hearts that we will stick to the pursuit of our assignment and purpose in the name of Jesus I break restlessness off of you I'm telling you the devil will not rob you of your peace I break the spirit of comparison off of you in the mighty name of Jesus stop comparing yourself to somebody else's journey God's got you right where he wants you and you're closer to breakthrough season than you've ever been before make a little noise if you believe it so number one you've got to overcome the spirit of restlessness that means if you're going to fulfill your purpose you got to stick with it push your neighbor and say stick with it the second nation that had to be overcome were the Amorites. When you define the word Amorites, their name means talkers and sayers. Talkers and sayers. These were the biggest, the meanest in the land. Uh, these were the ones who were the giants. They were the biggest. You know, a while back, I was in Ripley's, believe it or not, in St. Augustine. And there's a wax figure there, if you've ever been there, named Robert Wadlow. And he was the tallest man in the world, eight inches. Eight inches. That's not very tall, is it? Eight feet, 11 inches tall. But as I was reading about him, he looked so massive. 
He looks so huge and he looks so powerful. But as I began to read about him, they said that he was so weak that he could not even walk. He was perceived as incredibly strong, but in reality, though he was big, he was very, very weak. He wasn't a strong man at all. And I submit to you that that's the way the devil wants to present himself to you. The devil wants to look big. He wants to act big. He wants to appear big. He wants to appear strong. But I dropped by on Sunday morning to tell somebody that we serve a great big God, but there's a little bitty devil. Some of y'all have been sweating the devil, upset about the devil. The devil said this, and the devil said that, and the devil told me this, and the devil told me that, and the devil said this, Pastor. The devil said this, and then he turned around and said that. So what do you got to say about that? I'm saying, why are you quoting a liar? Y'all ain't saying, why do you want to quote a liar? Whatever the devil said about you is a lie. Did he tell you you're going to be broke all your life or get ready to be blessed? Did he tell you you'd never be healed? Anything that ever comes out of his mouth is a lie. Somebody give God praise if you want to depend on the strong name of Jesus Christ. Anything that would come against you, hear me precious, cannot compare to Jesus. You cannot allow the enemy to hold you from your breakthrough. Now, listen to me very closely. Remember, these are the talkers and the sayers. These are the Amorites. Write this down. Never allow what people say to you or about you to stop you from achieving greatness. There'll be always be people in your life that will speak out against your purpose. There'll always be naysayers. There'll always be those who will tell you, don't try it, don't do it. You're not able, you're not capable, you're not articulate enough, you're not connected enough. But that's when you've got to make up in your mind that you are not going to allow the talkers and the sayers to have power over your life. If God has told you to do something, you can do it. If God has said you can have something, you can have it. If God has told you you can overcome it, you can overcome it. And I'm not looking for a second opinion. Let me say this to you. People don't have the last word about your life. God does. Because no matter how loud they talk, when they stand up against Jesus, you better know that Jesus is more powerful than any negative word that is spoken against your purpose. I have decided in the name of the Lord that I want to hang out with people who believe in what God has called me to do. I don't want to be running with people who doubt my destiny, who constantly say I cannot and will not and should not and ought not. I have made up in my mind God connect me to right relationships. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Can I talk to you? I prophesy in the name of Jesus that in the next 90 days, there are critical relationships that are going to come to you. Uh, who am I talking to? There are critical relationships that are going to open up in your life that are going to be key for the next season. They're going to believe in you. Not only are they going to believe in you, they're going to open doors for you. They're going to make provision for you. And they're going to assist you in everything that God has called you to do. There are those that have been stationed in your life. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There are those that have been stationed in your life that have been called to defeat you by the enemy and speak down to you. But God said, I'm about to flip the script and bring people in your life that will begin to speak positive and speak life and you will fulfill your purpose. Somebody give God a praise right now. The Bible said no weapon. Somebody say no weapon. No weapon. 
No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me. Every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. That does not mean that you will be in war with people in the sense that you'll be condemning them. What will condemn them is the fact that even though they rose up against you, you're going to be blessed anyway. Even though they spoke out against you, you're going to break through anyway. Even though they said you couldn't, you will. <laughs> Even though they said you can't, you will. Even though they said it's impossible, God's about to make it possible. Even though they said it was implausible, God is about to make it plausible. Even though they said it couldn't be done, you're about to possess the land in the name of Jesus Christ. And the very people that said you couldn't do it are going to have to watch you walk in to a new season and a new promise. Well, Y'all, I'm trying to behave myself, but I need somebody to give God praise who's ready. This is why it's very necessary that you are careful about who you give power to speak over and into your life. Hello. You, you need to make sure that you've got right people speaking over and into your life. It said no weapons shall prosper. Prosper means be profitable. So in the name of Jesus, I declare that no weapon is going to be profitable against you. Move beyond what others have said about you and even about, even saying about you right now and declare what Jesus and the Bible says about you. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a part of the church generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I, I, I'm more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. How many of you want to walk in the fullness of what the Lord says about you? The talkers and the sayers, but I'm going to tell you one of the biggest talkers and the sayers that you got to deal with sometimes is your own self. One of the things I want to break off of your life is negative self-talk. You've got to stop telling yourself that you're unworthy. Stop telling yourself, I can't do it. Stop, I can, I'm not, I'm, I'm not able. I've got I'm, my past, my issues, my problems. I can, I can, I can, I'm dumb, I'm stupid. Oh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. I love y'all, come on. I love all my Presbyterian people, but we sit around so often and we say, I'm dumb, I'm an idiot, I can't do it, I'm not smart enough, and that is the tool of the enemy. Very often we will talk to ourselves in a way we would never allow somebody else to talk to us. Y'all don't make me come down there because I'm preaching way better than your amen. And sometimes you got to say, I am done with negative self-talk. Get in the mirror and say, you looking so good. I can't wait till tomorrow because you get better looking every day. Come on. Say, say I'm getting skinnier. Come on. The, the keto dessert, the dessert, <laughs> the keto diet is working. Y'all, you know if you want to laugh, look on my Instagram. I said there's a new diet out called the Keto Diet. And there's a woman, and she's got a key taped to her toe. And she said, I'm, I'm trying the Keto Diet. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But how many of you understand that at some point, you've got to say whether you believe in me or not, whether you affirm me or not, whether you stand behind me or not, whether you pat me on the back, whether you give me an attaboy, I've got a feeling that everything is going to be all right because my destiny is not linked finally to what you say about me, but it is linked to what God has already said. Somebody give God praise if you're ready to speak positively over your life. 
the third spirit that had to be broken, the third nation that had to be overcome. These were the Hittites. If you define the name Hittites, it means fear, great dread, terror. Watch me, young person, hear me. Nothing will hold you from walking in the fullness of your purpose as will a spirit of fear. I can't do it. I'm not able to do it. I'll never own a house because my mother never owned a house. I'll never have a degree because my father never got a degree. I can't. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to try. I'm afraid to step out. Fear will keep you bottled up. Fear will keep you captured in a season that God wants to bust you out of. And one of the most awful things that paralyzes people in seasons that they need to be out of is a spirit of fear. And in the name of the Lord, I declare today to walk out your purpose, you're going to have to break the spirit of fear. Here's what you've got to comprehend. You will either live in faith world or fear world. You will either be dominated by fear or you will walk in faith. Paul told his young protege, his young son in the faith, Timothy. He said, Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Timothy's at a place now where he has been called upon to be the bishop in Ephesus. This job is too big for him. He's, he's not able to do it, he doesn't feel like. He's not able to make this happen. He's leading people who are older than him. He's leading people who are probably more adept in things than he is. But yet God had positioned him and placed him in that situation there. God had chosen him. See, God sometimes will give you a promotion that you ain't even ready for. So when you get there, you'll have to depend on him to be able to hold that place. And that way, when you hold it and start prospering, you can't get the praise for it. He gets all the glory for it. Timothy is there, and he's felt intimidated. Have you ever had seasons in your life where you felt intimidated, where you felt like it was too much for you? He said, Timothy, Paul said, let me remind you that God did not give you a spirit of fear. So if you're operating in a spirit of fear, God didn't give it to you. If you're being controlled by fear, God didn't give it to you. But Timothy, he gave you love and power and a sound mind. He said, stir up the gift that was put in you when I laid my hands on you. He said, son, you got something in you that can move every situation, every circumstance, every hindrance. I've come to tell somebody here today that the spirit of fear is being broken off of your life in the next season. You're going to step in places that you never thought you could step. You're going to see things that you never thought you could see and the devil will rule the day that he tried to give you a spirit of fear because you will march into the enemy's camp and you will walk in power and authority. Somebody right now who's ready to break every spirit of fear, give God a shout. David said it like this. Now, if anybody understood what it was to deal with fearful issues, it had to have been David. David fought Goliath when he was 15 years old. Come on, y'all. He said the words, is there not a cause? You got Goliath, nine feet, nine inches tall, 425 pounds. The head of a spear weighs 25 pounds. He's challenging the children of Israel. David rises up to fight him. David said, what will be given to the man who beats Goliath? What's going to be given to the man? And I'm sure he's afraid. I'm, he's just a little guy. He said, what's going to be given? 
to the man, oh, I feel like preaching, who defeats Goliath. They said, well, you know, you're going to get to move into the king's house. You're going to get forgiven of all your taxes. And you're going to get to marry the king's daughter. David's standing there. Hmm. So you're going to get, you're going to get to move into the king's house. Yeah, that's power. Yeah, you're going to get to, and then you're going to get to, you'll get great possessions. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's money, wealth. You get money, and then, then you get the king's daughter. He said, that's sex. My good, y'all don't get all religious on me. Yeah, that, so do I want, do I want sheep or do I want some money? I've been with sheep. Do I want sheep or do I want some power? Do I want sheep or do I want a, a woman? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Wait a minute. Do, 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 I want, do, I, do I want sheep or do I want power? Do I want sheep or do I want money? Do I want sheep or do I want sex? Power, money, sex, PMS. How many of y'all, PMS has done a lot of good men in. Can I get a witness? What I'm trying to tell you is this. When you finally get to a place, oh, I'm preaching now. When you finally get to a place where the reward is worth the fight, you'll say, I'm not going to let fear lock me in this season another day. So I'm going to rise up even if I got to be afraid. I'm going to do it. I dare somebody right now who's ready to break the spirit of fear. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, here's how you break the spirit of fear. Do it. Just do it. Just get out there and start singing. Just get out there and start preaching. Just get out there and get the job. Just get out there and get the degree. And baby, when you step out, God will break the spirit of fear off of your life. David said the David said, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. On my side means he will crush anyone who comes against me. God is saying here, if they contend with you, I'll contend with them. If they touch you, I'll touch them. If they mess with you, I'll mess with them. Somebody say, do it, Lord. Move beyond fear and move in faith. And when you do, you will move to your next level. The fourth spirit that had to be broken, the nation that had to be overcome were the Hivites. The Hivites represent this. They, their name means the small place. To me, it represents small thinking. And I'm telling you, one of the spirits that you will have to overcome is the mentality of the small. It's the mentality of small thinking. I want to say this, small thinkers are big stinkers. It's tough to run around with, with, with small thinkers when God has called you to do something big. Hallelujah. The enemy will put people in your life who think small. But I, I have already declared it, and I believe that it is happening. God is gathering champions together. God is gathering people who think big. That's why Pastor Troy, I think, and I have seen success through the years. And the team that I'm with now, Pastor Josh and Pastor John, Pastor Courtney, and, and my good-looking, beautiful, Beautiful, safe, sanctified, hottie wife. Come on, Pastor Don Rayleigh. We don't think small, we think big. We don't think little, we think big. Most people would say, just chill, everything's good, no need to start a campus. But I've got news for Palm, for, for Palm Coast. We are not coming to Palm Coast to hang out. We are not coming to Palm Coast just to build some itty bitty, teeny weeny nothing campus. But we are coming to Palm Coast to release the power of God and the spirit of God and the glory of God because we are thinking big. Tell your neighbor it's time to think big. 
And how many of you in the name of Jesus want to think big? Think big about your family. Think big about your children. Think big about your job. I'd somebody make a little noise if you want to break small thinking and think big. Hallelujah. Small thinkers forget that they serve a big God. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta move by faith. Watch this now. Great champions take great chances. That, that, now, I told you, we are not risk takers, we are faith walkers. But nevertheless, when you step out, people in the natural will say you're taking, a, you're taking a chance. But great champions move in faith. The Bible said in Deuteronomy 31, 8, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor forsake you. The word fail means to, he won't drop you, be slack, or allow you to sink. I want you to put your hand on your chest and declare this. Say, in Jesus' name. The Lord will not drop me. He will not be slack. And he will not allow me to sink. Come on, declare this. Say, if he's called me to do it. Say, if he's called me to do it. I better think big. I can do it. Now give God a praise like you believe it. Your purpose will require you to move beyond limited thinking and prepare you to possess all that the Lord has for you. Number five, you see the Gurgisites. The Gurgisites are one who returns from a pilgrimage. It's one who quits. It's one who starts but doesn't finish. And I've come to tell you today, it's not enough to start, you got to finish. You got to go all the way. You got to finish what God has called you to finish. Nothing will cost you. Listen, young person, your purpose in God like quitting. Never give up. Even when you feel like giving up, don't give up. Even when you feel like quitting, do not quit. Even when it's hard, don't quit. Tell your neighbor quitting is not an option. Can I talk real talk to you today? There have been times in my life that I felt like quitting. There have been times in my life that I felt like giving up. Look at me, young lady. There have been times in my life when I didn't know what I was going to do, when it seemed like everything was stacked against me. I wanted to quit. Come on, y'all. I was, I, was, I, was, I was under such stress at one point that I was, I was Googling how to handle stress. Come on. I was trying to figure out how do I get through this season. I was looking for an escape route and there was not one. But let me tell you what I decided. I decided I will not quit. I'm not going to give up. Quitting is not an option. Tell your neighbor quitting is not an option. Had I quit, I wouldn't be in the season I am right now. Had I quit, we wouldn't be starting a fourth campus. Pastor Troy, had we walked away, we would not see what we're seeing right now. The church is blessed. We got money in the bank. We've got more power than we've ever had. We got more influence than we've ever had. I'm trying to tell you that part of the reason the devil wants you to quit right now is because he is terrified of the next season that you are getting ready to walk in. I need somebody who ain't going to quit. Give the Lord a shout right now. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can just sit there if you want to, but I have made up in my mind that I am not going to quit. I'm going to possess the land. Give God a shout if that's you. It's okay to feel like quitting, but don't quit. I said you can feel like quitting, but don't quit. 
I need to get back and finish this up. But do I have anybody at church today? Maybe you're getting stirred a little bit and you are not quitting. If you are not quitting, why don't you just send the devil a signal right now with your praise that you ain't about to quit. Tell your neighbor, I'm not about to quit. I'm not quitting on my purpose. I'm not quitting on my ministry. I'm not quitting on my marriage. I'm not quitting on my children. My son may be crazy right now, but I ain't quitting on my son. I ain't quitting on my daughter. If God made me a promise, bless the Lord, I'm gonna see it come to pass. Hallelujah, Jesus. Don't give up, don't give out, and don't give in. It's not time to quit, it's time to stretch. Your purpose depends on it. Then you have number six, the Perezites. When you define their name, the Perezites, their name literally means this, the squatter. One who is settled without title or commitment. Ain't it a trip, y'all, to see people who want what you've got, but they don't wanna go through what you went through to get it. Oh, y'all don't make me come down here and preach to you. Do I have any educators in the room? Wave at me. They want the degree. Hello. They want, they, they want what you've got, but they don't want to go through the process of the test. You know, I'm the, well, you know, I'm just, I, 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 went, I went to prayer meeting last night. I had a test today, but I, I stood outside of the classroom and I, I put the notes on my head and I said, Lord, now you know, even though I went out last night with my friends after church for three hours, Lord, I, you can supernaturally download all of the material into my head. He Bahaba. E-M-M-I-T. Come on, somebody. She came on a Honda. She left on a Yamaha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm about to. Oh, glory to God. Yes, I felt that. Just put it, download it in my head. God ain't going to download that in your head because God will not do for you what you don't, will not do for yourself. The truth is, stop trying to have what somebody else has and not do what they did to get it. We live in a generation that is entitled. Give me the job. Give me the money. Give me the degree. Give me the house. Give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy, and I'll take you what you give me. But sometimes you got to get off of your lazy butt and go to work. You got to study. You got to prepare. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. I love everybody. It ain't for you, but it's for three people behind you. Hallelujah. How many of you say if you're going to have something, you got to do something? Make a little noise if you hear what I'm saying in this house. No, still love me. I didn't want to say that, Pastor. Don't wrote that in the notes. Let me tell you one of the reasons why Calvary is so precious to me. Let me tell you why I fought a booger man for you. Because I paid. I stuck with it. I stayed. When it was hard, we cried. We believed. We prayed. And you don't value something that you don't have an investment in. That degree hanging on your wall, you know what you went through to get it. Huh? That title, 
that teaching certificate, that house that you live in. Come on, somebody. That car you pulled up in today, you know. God wants you to value the things that he's placed before your life. And you can't value that if you're a squatter. I just, I'm entitled to it. You know, I read an article while, a while back that talked about the difference between, in Vietnam, frontline troops and rear echelon troops. And the study revealed four things about them. Number one, frontline troops, they never complained about the food. Frontline troops never complained about the food. They're in the heat of the battle, they never complain about the food. And, you know, I've had people, very rare, once in a while somebody will say, you know, I'm, not, I'm leaving Calvary because I'm not getting fed. Let me tell you something. You can say a lot about me. I got a lot of issues. But I'm going to cook every Sunday. You're going to have some food. I'm going I'm to be prepared to preach. And you can be mad at me if you want to, but I ain't changing the whole menu over one person. Can I get a witness? So, so they never complained about the food. Number two, they had tremendous respect for their commander. That means they obeyed orders to the letter. Number three, the men in the foxhole never argued. They loved and supported one another. They're on the front lines now. And number four, they had an uncanny sense of loyalty. They witnessed several times where men would jeopardize their own lives to save others. Yet the rear echelon troops, those who were not in the heat of the battle, they always complained about the food. You get on the front lines and you won't have time to complain. They had no respect for their commander. They were totally insubordinate. Men in the foxhole argued nonstop and they would not do anything to help each other. The truth is if you ever get on the front lines in life, if you ever get on the front lines in the kingdom, it changes everything. There are too many rear echelon troops in the Christian realms. They complain about the, the sound. I didn't like the sound. It was too cold in that church. It was, it was just, I, I didn't like it. The pastor was too loud. He was too quiet. He preached too long. He didn't preach long enough. See, the truth is when you're in a battle and when you're in the fight, you'll say, Lord, whatever you have for me, let me get it. Just give me power to win this fight. I would submit to you that when you are in the fight, you're all in. It's called commitment. Commitment means to pledge yourself. I'm looking for people who will commit. See, to fulfill your destiny and possess your promise, you're going to have to determine that you're all in. Tell your neighbor, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, that's why if you can't handle praise, don't sit by me, I'm all in. If you can't handle a little bit of noise every once in a while, don't sit by me because I'm all in. If you can't handle a shout, don't sit by me because I'm all in. If you can't handle tears, don't sit by me because I'm all in. If you don't like the name of Jesus, don't hang out with me because I'm all in. If you don't want to hear about him on Monday, don't look for me on Monday because I'm all in. I don't just have a Sunday morning thing, I'm all in. Oh, if you can't handle crazy praise, you might want to move across the place. I'm all in. Do I have anybody in the room that's all in? Jump on your feet and give God a praise if you're all in. Tell your neighbor I'm all in. Tell your neighbor I'm all in. 
Look at somebody around you and say, you can stand there. Come on, say, you can be cute. But I got to give him praise because I'm all in. I'm going to give him glory because I'm all in. I'm going to pray because I'm all in. I tithe because I'm all in. I give because I'm all in. To fulfill your destiny and possess your promise, you must determine to be all in. Then the last, and I close with this, the Jebusites, pride. Their name means pride. John, eyewitness of Jesus, called by the Lord of Peter, James, and John. John, who stood by the Lord as he was being crucified. Three women, the Bible says, and John, this John. In 3 John 1, 9, he said, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have preeminence, who's full of pride. I wrote to the church, but they did not receive us. How in the world? Diotrephes, do you not receive John? John the beloved. John. John the beloved who was on the Isle of Patmos who wrote the book of Revelations. How do you receive, how do you not receive John who was dragged through the streets of Alexandria by horses? How do you not receive John who was boiled in the cauldron of boiling oil, horribly disfigured, so disfigured that one extra biblical legend grew from how bad his face was marred that he caught a reflection of himself and saw the maredness and mangledness of his face. And it was then that the Lord inspired him to write the text, for, for we know that when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. He said, I may not look like much, I may be disfigured right now, but I know that when I see him, I'm gonna be like him. It will be worth it all. Who are you that you reject John? <laughs> Who are you that you're so full of pride that can't nobody tell you nothing? Who are you that you're so boastful and braggadocious that nobody can even offer you advice that will help you? The atrophies. Pride got Satan kicked out of heaven. Pride. Study your Bible. Satan was the first worship leader. He, 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 he had a body that was jeweled and crusted with precious diamonds, rubies, everything imaginable. The Bible said his body was winds and temporals, that there were ways that he moved and it sounded like worship. His body reflected throughout the cosmos, the light and the glory of God. And he began to think he was the source of his own shine. Let me tell you something. You can have the hope diamond on your finger. But if you go into a dark room, can't nobody see it. Because a diamond only reflects the light. And let me tell you, the devil found out he was nothing without the Lord and his glory. And I dare somebody to give God praise if you know I'm nothing without the Lord in my life. 
Look at Diotrephes. He refused to listen to his elders. John denounced him. He refused to welcome uh, other gospel preachers. He was insecure. He slandered other gospel preachers and teachers. Be careful. Let me tell you something. I don't have time to hang out with folk who talk about other folk. You need to make it your habit to shut down conversation that dogs somebody else out. Because just as sure as they're talking about them, in a few hours they're going to be talking about you. Number four, he was excommunicated. He excommunicated people who opposed him. He was consumed with pride. I close with this, pride. Pride will wreck a home. It will destroy your life. Pride will split a church. Pride will hold back revival. Pride. Pride is super spiritual. Pride will talk behind people's back. It'll curse. It'll treat folks bad. But that same spirit is always having a dream and always having a vision and always ready to give you a word. So I guess I just came to preach today in love to tell you how precious you are to me, but also to wake you up and to tell you don't let any of these spirits hold you from your purpose. Now, I, I went to college in Southeastern and um, my roommate was my cousin. And when my, he was a big boy. And when he went to sleep, he would go to sleep and he snored so loud it sounded like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was like, <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. I can't even put it into words. And one night I'd come in from work because I had to work to support myself to go through school. And it was about one in the morning and John was awake and I thought, man, I got to get to sleep before he does. And I jumped in bed because I had an early class and I pulled the cover up and I laid down. And I'm telling you, as I, lay, I hit the pillow, I hear. And I hit the end of the bed and I said, John, you are snoring so loud. He said, I didn't even know I was asleep. It's hard to wake up somebody who doesn't know they're asleep. Could it be? Ugh. Tell your neighbor you're chosen to be a champion. Break the spirit of restlessness off your life. Don't be controlled by the talkers and sayers. What anybody says, and stop, stop, stop talking negatively to yourself. Break the spirit of fear off of your life. Come on now. My dad told me one time, he said they used to live in this, uh, down the road from this farmer. He said people were stealing uh, chickens out of the chicken coops. And he said, everybody was all afraid about it. He said, this old farmer got up that down the road from where they lived. And he said, he got up with his long johns on. And he said, uh, the flap was down in his long johns. Y'all, that's old school right there. But he said, the flap was down in his long johns. And he went to the chicken coop and his dog was with him. And the dog and him both were trembling. And he said, he got out there and he, he, he got in the chicken coop. And about that time, the dog, he stopped, but the dog kept going. The dog's cold nose hit his backside with that flap down. And my dad said, he shot and killed every chicken in his coop because he was scared. Don't kill your destiny because you're scared. 
scared of an old dog called the devil. Come on, somebody. Number four, small thinking. Tell your neighbor, think big. Number five, quitters. Tell somebody else, don't quit. Number six, tell your neighbor, go all in. And number seven, pride. Tell your neighbor, break pride. If you got anything out of the word today, give the Lord a great big praise. Come on. Heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around. If you're in this room and you'd say, Pastor, there's things in my life that keep me from the Lord, that alienate me from him, that separate me from him. And when you pray, Pastor Rayleigh, pray for me. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, when I count to three, raise your hands. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One, remember me, Pastor. Two, there's things in my life, there's sin in my life. I don't want to get it right. Three, pray for me. Slip your hand up right now. Pray for me, Pastor. Hold it up. Hold it up. Not where I need to be with God. Hands in every section. Five more seconds. Four. If you need to raise it, raise it now. Three. Two. Hands in every single section are being raised right now. Two. One. Zero. Now, if you raised your hand up, hold it up. Hold it up high because this is your day of transformation. This is your day to possess the land. This is your day. You're chosen to be a champion. If you have your hand up, if somebody next to you has their hand up, I want you to move back because I want to have special prayer with them. If you raised your hand, I want you to come right here to the front and I want to have special prayer with you. You won't come by yourself, but you got to move by faith to step into this new season. Come on, we're going to let this sin, we're going to let this compromise, we're going to let it all go and we're going to step into a new season. Bless you, honey. Bless you, young man. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Y'all look at here. Look at Jesus. Look at the Lord. Oh, come on, come on. Oh, y'all better listen right on this weekend. Come line up right across the front. Help him, Pastor Troy. Y'all come on. Look at this. It's harvest time. I bet if y'all make a little noise, a lot more will come. everybody to take your hand and place it on your heart. Pastor Josh, come up here. Pastor Josh is going to pray a prayer with you, and this prayer is going to be just inviting Jesus to have this with you. You're chosen to be a champion. I said you're chosen. Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message.